Welcome to How We Got There. I am your host, Mike Davis, founder of Go-To-Market Guides. I interview thought leaders and founders in the Salesforce ecosystem to help ISVs learn new things to try and mistakes to avoid. This episode of How We Got There is brought to you by ISB App. ISB App is used by leading Salesforce ISVs and OEMs as the central toolbox to reduce churn, increase renewals, identify upsell potential, and close more deals. ISB App is the only plug and play solution for the AppExchange App Analytics API and provides deep product insights. The setup is easy and takes less than five minutes. Visit ISBapp.com, that's I-S-B-A-P-P.com com to learn how you can take advantage of usage data in your app today. Okay, I am here with John Schultz, who is a director of ISB sales at Salesforce. John, welcome to the pod. Great to have you. Hey, really appreciate it, Mike. Good morning. I think that we both probably have a couple cups of coffee, so looking forward to it here. Yeah, absolutely. John, tell me a little bit about how you found your way into the Salesforce ecosystem and and how you got into the role that you do today and what that's all about. Sure. So I've been here at Salesforce now for six plus years, but I actually am, I'll call it one of the odd ones that I've only ever spent my career in partnerships. So I actually fell into partnerships at a small statistical software company coming out of school, interviewed for a direct AE role, and the partnerships guy happened to be in the room and went, hey, would you be interested in a different job? So I kind of fell into partnerships that way, you know, was working mostly with SIs, consultants, some true VAR, general resellers, but we did very selective on the ISV front. So when I was looking to kind of make my next career move and kind of what was I going to learn next from a partnership perspective, the natural thing that I leaned into was I need to learn more about ISVs and technology partnerships. So when I started doing some research, I kind of quickly discovered that Salesforce was probably the most advanced ISV true ISV and technology partnership network and department kind of out there. So I, again, I'll say I'm one of the odd ones that just started to apply to open roles at Salesforce, kind of figured out networking way to a couple of points of contact on the ISV team, took leap of faith with my now wife of moving cross country without a job to the Bay Area and just happen everything to time out of the ISV team was hiring and I managed to get a partner account manager role at Salesforce. So, you know, kind of a slightly different journey there, but was super excited to be able to join Salesforce there. Nice. And that is a big leap of faith. Tell me about your current role and what types of ISVs your your team serves. For sure. So I currently reside on our Accelerate side of the business. So we are working with horizontal ISV partners. My team specifically is the key team. So, you know, they tend to be partners that are high growth and or been in the ecosystem a little bit longer. So I have seven PAMs on my team. I've been lucky to be a manager and kind of had that opportunity here at Salesforce. So I'm headed into my third year of managing the team. And I was a obviously a partner account manager before that. But again, I, I always say that we kind of have three buckets of partners that my team tends to work with. It is, you know, some of the truly native business. So partners where the app 
The Salesforce app is actually their business. We have those high growth or high potential type partners. So someone that has a lot of opportunity based off of their solution or pairing with a product or an industry or a couple of industries within Salesforce that we'd like to invest in. And then also some of those larger, I'll call them enterprise type relationships as well. So that tends to be the, the three three types of partners that my team manages here. Nice. And and looking at within your team and even outside your team, I just want to give some folks listening, alliances, managers, VPs of sales and founders, a little bit of insight. So looking around the different levels of ISVs, how does the alignment change kind of lower your team and even higher when you, when you get to summit? Like what are some of the nuances that you see? Yeah, so so one of the things that I'll say is definitely a transition in regards to how my team works with partners is there is a team below me. Oftentimes, it's getting the basics down, getting that initial success. And one of the things that my team focuses on is really in regards to refining and building out those go-to-market campaigns and strategies. We also like to definitely work with partners in regards to their larger app exchange and app strategy. And that actually relates to their entire business. So we like to kind of take that level of the relationship and conversation a bit deeper than just, you know, again, I'll call it the surface level success, the surface level go to market and kind of basic strategies is really try and take that to the next level. And one of the things, you know, that we also like to work on is also just from a technical strategy perspective of how are we taking the next step from the actual technical integration. You know, again, not that you don't get that, you know, kind of on the team that is below me and kind of a little bit, I'll call it younger partner. But again, right, like you're oftentimes just getting in the market, really starting to just figure it out and still collecting that customer feedback where by the time a partner reaches my team, it's really, hey, how do we actually take this app to 2.0 as opposed to a 1.1. You know, slight difference too is is obviously from the team above me and kind of even when you get to Summit, obviously you do get a little bit, some additional resources in terms of marketing, in terms of assigned technical account manager and kind of some different things along those lines. So you tend to, you know, kind of have a little bit broader type conversation and strategy when you kind of move off of my team. But ours is I'll call it kind of refining and figuring out what those strategies should be. And then really the team above me is taking that to the next level in terms of breadth. So hopefully hopefully that helps answer the question there. Yeah, it does. Thank you for that. I, I, it's, it's, it's great for folks to know like what's important to Salesforce. But now let's switch gears a little bit because I think it's also important for partners to know. I, I, I always talk about the WIFM, the what's in it for me. When you're interacting with anyone in the ecosystem, your customers, your partners, and your, your, your PAM is obviously your partner account manager is super important. And so your team, uh, ISVPMs on your team, what's important to them? How are they measured? Yeah, so this is pretty consistent across the team. So obviously, we all on the ISV PAM side have sales quota. It is directly related to the revenue share in regards to the partnership agreements with Salesforce. So, you know, one of the things I always say is our partner's success, quite frankly, is our success, right? 
we are just as invested in regards to how can we help you grow? How can we help you win more deals? How can we help you expand markets and industries and use cases, right? Because that hopefully means obviously joint success and joint wins. One of the other things that I'll just call out for my team specifically that I measure them on, and again, not necessarily from an actual comp and commission perspective of carrying a sales quota, but one of the things that I always measure people on my team is how are you helping the partner change their business, right? Is that the partnership and, you know, kind of having and running a successful partnership is one thing, but how are we actually using that partnership and that Salesforce app and integration together to quite frankly help the partner change their business in some fashion? That can mean a lot of different things, right? So we've worked with partners around actually helping them to expand their business. So open up offices in EMEA. We've actually worked with partners around their go-to-market and pricing strategies, not just for the Salesforce app, but actually for their entire solution and their off-platform solution, how those two can actually pair very well together to actually derive additional revenue for the partner. So again, that's something that I personally look at for my team, especially in that I'll call it in between of let's figure out the strategy and refine that strategy a little bit better and define it is really how are we going to help you change your business via the Salesforce partnership? Yeah. And the I, I mean, what you just shared is super important for folks to know is that like their uh, ISV incentive comp is tied directly to their assigned partner's success. And so when you close a big deal, like, I mean, you should be doing all of your order submission, obviously goes without saying, but think about timing, like get that order in before the end of the month and like share that success, share that success with your partner because they're excited about it too. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing too, right? Is that by all means, there is the operations piece of it. And I'm sure your Pam will obviously follow up with you at the end of month and end of quarter. And yes, by all means, that goes to our comp. However, one of the other aspects there too is unless those orders get submitted, we can't help you evangelize those wins at the start of the next quarter at the, or at the beginning of the next month, right? That's also a key motivation there is as soon as those orders are actually submitted, we can then start leveraging those and how can we figure out how to use those wins and their success stories and those potential relationships with those account teams to the partner's advantage, right? So by all means, yeah, you're always going to have, you know, a PAM kind of follow up from an operations perspective. But again, right, like the real motivation there is as soon as that's submitted, that's then when we can actually start to leverage that as a, a data and as a, you know, story and benefit for the partnership. Absolutely. And I think that's a good segue with when you're talking about sharing the story. What are some realistic asks that ISVs and OEMs should be making of their PAMs? And feel free to just stay on that side. And what are some unrealistic ones if you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, yeah. So so there's always some of the basics, right, in regards to helping with account intros, some of the basic you know, I'll call it partnership management ask, right, of, hey, I have a technical issue or there is a support case that I need help escalating, right? Like that, that stuff is always going to be part of the job. However, one of the things I would say is realistic is, you know, actually asking your PAM 
around strategy, right? The more that we know about your business, the more that you open up to us in regards to where is your focus, right? Really having in-depth conversations about that strategy. And it's not just the go-to-market strategy of trying to work with Salesforce, right? Like it is that larger business strategy in regards to how does Salesforce fit into your larger company strategy and your sales goals, right? How does the Salesforce app actually potentially help drive additional revenue or pushing up an, an addition that costs more on your side? Those are all realistic asks, right? One of the, and I'll kind of pair this one of unrealistic, but where it then becomes realistic, right? Is just asking your Pam, hey, what is, what is my strategy? Right, like define my strategy for me. That really needs to come from you from a partner perspective in regards to sitting down and thinking through what are your goals, what and how does a Salesforce app fit into your overall solution. You know, one of the things I always call out is that we're great at amplifying. We are not great at, you know, I'll call it finding leads and or trying to get the bike actually started. Right, we're really good at kind of amplifying once things get rolling. But again, right, like just asking your your Pam, hey, where are my leads? Unfortunately, the Salesforce partnership doesn't work like that. Is that it is technology based, and again, we really need the partner to kind of own getting that initial success and kind of proving out their Salesforce app and their solution within the ecosystem and with our customers so that we can help take that to the next level and help figure out really where we can focus on together to have more success. Love it. Love it. And folks always ask me for examples of great. And so I'm curious if you can share any examples of great app exchange apps or, or, or app exchange listings specifically, or or any other examples of, of partners doing some great work out there to replicate. Yeah. You know, one of the partners, and, and I won't share a name here, but one of the partners that I've worked with now for the past three years, one of the things is that I worked with them in terms of kind of revamping their partnership model with us. So we actually did some transitions here about three years ago. But one of the things that we worked on a lot early on is actually how the Salesforce app was going to fit into their overall company strategy and overall go-to-market and pricing strategy. So we really worked together to set that up to be jointly successful. And one of the things that was fantastic for my counterpart in terms of the partner account manager on the partner side was that he was willing to actually go do some of the data analysis that I asked him to do, right? So he actually, you know, one of my questions was, well, what's the difference between a Salesforce customer for you and a non-Salesforce customer for you? Well, he was actually willing to go and, you know, kind of work with his internal teams and figure out the answer to that question. And one of the things that came back was, oh, we didn't realize, but a Salesforce customer is actually, I think it was like one and a half times more revenue than a non-Salesforce customer. Well, we kind of started to focus on that by kind of defining that value up front. 
we were actually able to define the value, the larger value of the Salesforce partnership with the exec team. We went then from two people on the partner side to now, I think that there's somewhere around 15 or 16 from a headcount perspective, all working on the Salesforce partnership, which is amazing, right? But it really, you know, in terms of success, right? Defining and figuring out how to properly frame that value of the Salesforce partnership is then what led them to actually get headcount. It allowed us then to actually be much more tactical because we had additional people to actually work on those, you know, field engagement and working and aligning with the Salesforce direct teams and industry teams is that it all helped drive together to where, you know, again, right, partners are always looking for leads coming back from Salesforce, but that also takes a lot of effort and headcount and resource on the partner side to be able to help build those relationships and drive that type of activity. This was a partner that was an example that really dove in with me, understood from the get-go in regards to defining that value internally for themselves to then be able to create this team that, again, we're having tremendous success with the partner now. So that's probably the, the one that comes to mind for me. You know, there's also, I'm trying to think just in terms of like app exchange listings. So one of the partners that I really always like their listing is people like Accounting Seed and Taskray. And there's another partner that we work with called Prolific, right? They've all actually done a tremendous job in terms of keeping their app exchange, app exchange listings relevant, up to date, doing refreshes. And I think that they've also all taken advantage of kind of our revamped demo that we have on the app exchange now as well, of actually being able to take a test drive for prospects and customers. So again, those would kind of be three that I would call out, definitely take a look at on the app exchange. Oh, thank you for that. A lot to unpack there. I mean, one thing I wanted to call out when you were talking about that one partner example, and it's not always going to be clear, like don't expect to have a super clear thing to dig in on both sides with your Pam and, and, and yourself. But when you do find something like everybody's a human, right? Like, and everybody likes to work on high impact like initiatives, but they also want to see some, some push and some pull uh, from the folks that they're working with. And so what I what I think I'm hearing there is a subtlety to call out is that the partner was willing to roll up their sleeves and make it happen. And I mean, again, everybody's human. Everybody wants to work hard when other people around them are working hard. And so if you find that opportunity to lean in, um, you'll you'll probably find a good design partner on the PAM team. I, I know I personally did when we were looking at a former ISV I worked at around which industries we we're going to focus on. We got some great data from Salesforce to bounce up against our net dollar retention that really gave us some fuel to lean into it. Yeah, and it's a great call out, right, is that we here within ISV and the, the PAM team we will always lean in with partners that are also leaning in, right? Oftentimes it is just finding what is going to work best and be most effective. And sometimes that takes time and it takes iteration, 
right? Partnerships, assuming that a lot of people listening, you know, have kind of been here, been within partnerships realm for a number of years, right? Sometimes it's just not straightforward. It is test, try again, refine, maybe shift directions completely. But again, right, Mike, to your point, if you on the partner side are willing to lean in and help look into some of those questions and or strategies, right? The ISV PAM team here is also definitely going to lean in with you as well, right? Is that it takes two to tango. <laughs> yes, indeed. One of the one of the programs that folks like that that ISVs tend to gravitate towards, and in my opinion, they can, and this is my opinion alone, they can gravitate towards this too early. And, and the concept is SDO integration or IDO integration. So if you're not familiar, SDO is a demo org. It's essentially being a little flippant, but it's like trial force, but for Salesforce SEs globally, like they spin up a ton of trials or not trials, but demos uh, from this SDO. And ISVs have the ability to build an extension package and, and include some of their functionality that's aware of the SDO. And it's a really kind of pretty, tasty, attractive piece of candy from an ISV's perspective. But when is the right time, in your opinion, John, that an ISV should start to think about SDO or IDO integration? Like any sort of signals or signs to look out for? Yeah, yeah, I, you know, it, it's always one of those tricky ones, right? Because conceptually and theoretically, it's a fantastic idea to have that right off, you know, from step one, right? Part of that also is, and it means that you as a partner are actually thinking through your value prop and your use case as it relates to, you know, how Salesforce is actually pitching from a demo perspective. So I'll just call that out in regards to theoretically it's great from step one right because it also forces you as a partner to have take the time and have the process and appropriate people on your side to really dive in and understand where your solution and your features are fitting into the larger salesforce product suite and strategy in regards to how we demo so again theoretically step one in reality Right. Like that probably is, I'll call it step four, step five. Right. And the reason for that is oftentimes you're learning through a lot of those initial interactions. Right. You're figuring out from your conversations with AEs, with SEs, with customers in regards to what are the features, use cases, you know, value props those three people or those three different parties are kind of latching onto, right? Typically, our value prop and the language that we use isn't going to be the same when we first come in to the ecosystem to when, you know, say a couple of years down the line, right? So realistically, I'll say that it's kind of that step four or step five of that after you've been engaging with Salesforce teams, after you've been collecting feedback from customers and quite frankly, your AEs as well in regards to what seems to be hitting home, what do people seem to be latching onto as the real value of your solution? That's then when you can take all of that information and really refine that SDO integration. Because the thing is here is that 
you know, just like all AEs and seller teams, everyone's busy, right? So you need that SDO and that demo to be really tight, really focused on the core value props for your solution that are going to be relevant. And again, right, like you kind of learn that throughout the journey. So again, you know, you're probably looking at, I'll call it at least a year, maybe even two years into the relationship before you really have that down pat. We're putting that resource and that time and some of that dev work into that SDO, as well as having, you know, that field engagement and some of the, finding some of those advocates within the AESE teams within Salesforce, that that SDO integration is really going to start to be useful in those interactions as you continue forward. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, if you're being asked to be integrated to a Salesforce demo regularly, that's probably a good signal yes. to yes. think about the SDO and how do you make that easier for the SE. But if you're not if you're not experiencing that yet, there's probably more foundational work to do. <laughs> that is also a great indicator, Mike, is that if you're not being asked for it, then it might not be useful yet. But again, right, like that's also talk to your ISV Pam around how do you start to build that type of relationship or kind of expand relationships with the field team where teams are actually potentially starting to ask for that, right? So, you know, again, it all comes back also to, you know, talk about that strategy with your ISV PAM and how can we improve and refine what we're doing to, you know, make this important. Absolutely. John, what are you most proud of from your time with, with, with the team that you've assembled? Yeah, I think one of my proudest callouts here is just the advancement from my team. So it's been very rewarding of kind of shifting over, I'll call it rewarding and humbling all at the same time of shifting over to a manager role here within ISV of that uh, a lot of the colleagues that quite frankly, I grew up with in Salesforce and in ISV were actually part of my initial team when I first became a manager is that ironically, I think that there is only one of seven of them left. And it's because they've either got promoted and moved up teams or to different teams here within ISV or moved on to their next career challenge actually at an ISV partner or another company that is just starting on their journey in terms of building out a partnership ecosystem. So really, you know, looking back from a Salesforce 10 plus years perspective of when we were first building out the app exchange and the partner ecosystem. So I think that that's probably my proudest moment. The other one that I'll call out too is just in regards to the creativity of my team. We are constantly looking and coming up with new ideas of how to work with and help partners and run new campaigns and different angles that we can take. So I think that that's probably the other, other thing that I'll call out specifically for my team is that we are just you know, I've been able to help assemble and coach some really hungry people that it is awesome to see the ideas and the creativity that they are coming up with and pushing boundaries to help our partners. Nice. And uh, for ISVs listening to this, and they'll be of all shapes and sizes, what do you think every ISV should do this month? What, uh, what recommendation would you have for folks out there? Yeah, one of the things that I would say is quite frankly, take some time to actually reflect on 
what are the goals of the Salesforce app and partnership, right? And and make it bigger than just tapping into you know the Salesforce customer base, right? It is how does that value actually relate back to your larger company's strategy? Obviously, from a Salesforce perspective, it's very well known that we have our B two Mom process, right? And that trickles all the way from Mark and Brett all the way down to, quite frankly, myself and the individual contributors and PAMs on my team. We constantly look at how is what we're doing and what we're focusing on actually rolling into the larger Salesforce corporate strategy, right? That is then where we are going to be able to find value, be able to create alignment across other teams within Salesforce and, quite frankly, benefit our partners. But I would actually encourage you know our partners to do the same of, of take some time to take a step back and reflect and kind of think and critically think about that strategy and where the partnership really fits in from a company strategy perspective. Because again, right, like we're all in partnerships. We all know that there are oftentimes few of us compared to other departments and the direct sales team. So it is how do we really define that value from a partnership perspective to have the most impact elsewhere on the business is really where we're all going to be successful together. Love it. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up here with the final three, three rapid fire questions, 10 second answers. You ready to go? I am ready. Awesome. Who is one company or person in the ecosystem that you track or follow? Well, Mike, I could say you, but I feel like that might be flown a little bit of hot. But, you know, one of the, I'll call it company person is all of our PDOs. I definitely follow. I read their blog posts. So that's everybody from Code Science and Epiphany to, you know, quite frankly, again, right, like Acuvia Labs. There are basically kind of a handful of them that, you know, again, they are experts within this ecosystem. They deal with a ton of partners just like we do. And so I constantly read their blog posts, you know, all the little tidbits and tips, right, are quite frankly useful to me, even being internal here at Salesforce and IS. So that's one one set of companies that I will call out. In terms of person, you know, two people are actually our leaders here on our side. So Mike Wolf and Woodson Martin, definitely follow them in regards to, you know, them sharing tidbit, you know, is always interesting and a good follow as well. Nice. And what would you tell yourself day one of working in the ecosystem back six years ago? Uh, see, this is a tough one because there's so many that I would tell myself from day one. One of the things I would I would say from an ecosystem perspective is it takes time, right? I thought that I would be stepping into this super well-oiled machine. You know, obviously the app exchange and ISV ecosystem is much more advanced than many others out there. I would even argue possibly the most advanced partnership ecosystem out there. However, it takes time, right? You know, it takes time to figure out that strategy. It takes time to connect all of the data points and what is possible. You know, I came in young and hungry and thinking that I was going to take over the world. And, you know, I got humbled there for, you know, probably about three, six months before I really figured out, you know, how to build these partnerships to be successful in the long run. Because again, right, like that's really where the value is here is that 
SaaS model is that we're all looking for that long-term value and the shots of fire, you know, the initial flames and everything along those lines, definitely, you know, they're nice, but again, right? Like everything takes time to really build true success from a partnership perspective. Nice. And uh, lastly, what gives you energy in your personal life? Yeah. So Mike, obviously you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, but I have a seven month old son. So I, I luckily just came back from leave to close out Q4 with Salesforce and kind of get him back in the saddle here. But he definitely gives me energy from a personal life perspective of quite frankly, how can I work on my work-life balance, can't work like I used to anymore. How can I make sure that I'm getting to spend time with him, whether it's in the morning or at the end of the day? So a little shout out to Luca, you know, in terms of seven-month-old here. Love it. Hey, John, thank you so much for sharing and, and spending time with us to, to share about your team. I really appreciate it. Hey, Mike, appreciate the time and hope all the listeners are able to take a couple of good sound bites and some value away back to their companies. So again, thank you for hosting this and, and being part of the ecosystem. Great. Thanks. Thank you for listening. And I hope you learned something from today's episode of how we got there. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. I'll see you here next time.